May is Fibromyalgia Awareness Month. It's important to raise awareness about this chronic and often debilitating invisible illness known as fibromyalgia. This month-long campaign is an opportunity to educate people about the symptoms, causes, and treatments of fibromyalgia, as well as to show support for those living with these and other related invisible illnesses. Through increased awareness, we can work towards better understanding and management of fibromyalgia and ultimately improve the quality of life for those who are affected by it. And now on to this week's episode. Welcome to the Conquering Your Fibromyalgia podcast. I am your host, Dr. Michael Lenz. Thank you for joining us today. We are going to go over the question and hopefully help you understand more. What is fibromyalgia? For those who are just listening for the first time, thanks for joining. I'm Dr. Michael Lenz, a pediatrician. I'm also an internal medicine doctor. That's a doctor who specializes in the non-operative management of adults, similar to how a pediatrician is an expert in the non-operative management of children. I'm also a board-certified lifestyle medicine and a diplomat of the Board of Clinical Lipidology. I've been a doctor for over 25 years, and I've authored the book that came out earlier this year in the year 2021, Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, Real Answers and Real Solutions to Real Pain. On this podcast, we go on the bold journey with me to go beyond just learning to live with to conquering your fibromyalgia. Well, the question on what fibromyalgia is. Fibromyalgia has a a long history and a lot of confusing history and misunderstood history and so much has changed in the last 20 years. Really, so much has changed in my lifetime as being a doctor. A little background on myself besides what my training is, is many may be wondering, why are you giving a podcast on fibromyalgia? Do you have a pod, do you yourself have fibromyalgia? Do you yourself have chronic pain? And I don't have that. Occasionally I'll get a headache if I don't take good care of myself or if there's a high level of stress. But I definitely don't have fibromyalgia. But I've gotten a strong interest in this because... Many years ago, when I was entering med school in 1992, I never really bought into the idea that there were hypochondriacs. I trusted that what a patient was telling me was accurate, and I was trying to understand what it was. Went through medical school, 92 to 96, and then on to four-year residency, where I didn't have much training in, pediat- in, in uh, fibromyalgia. My training was in pediatrics and internal medicine and all of the more structural problems as uh, we'll label them and understanding how to work them. I never had any great um, or any talks from any physician on fibromyalgia. I never diagnosed or managed fibromyalgia. I never had a supervising doctor mention, hey, you, this person may have fibromyalgia. There were fibromyalgia-like problems that I took care of in residency. One 
um, interesting case that I talk about in the book was cyclical vomiting syndrome. Had cases of migraine headaches, irritable bowel syndrome, chronic pelvic pain, chronic back pain. Those were common, but never understood them. But I knew there was some element missing because they were woefully often um, not treated adequately, and I really felt sorry for the patients. At the time, I wasn't the attending, so I often had to lean on their expertise, and we're really scrambling to learn so many different things, uh, especially being board certified and a pediatrician and an internist. There's such a huge volume of information and understanding that we have to go through and filter it out, and it all becomes um, very overwhelming. I'm going to label what medicine has classically gotten really good training in, and that's what we'll call structural um, health problems, medical problems. And we do really a good job in medicine in managing these for the most part. There's, is there a lot more that can be done? Yes. But structural problems can be simply a broken bone. Somebody could break their hip and the titanium rod can be placed, the bones and the femur aligned and heal and go through physical therapy and get the strength back and recover really well. Do a very good job at treating something like that. We can do a very good job at treating acute heart attacks. If you walk into the emergency room within a half hour of having a heart attack or within a couple hours, uh, get a stent placed, open up the artery to improve blood flow and save the downstream heart muscle from being permanently injured. We do a great job with that. We do a great job with many infectious diseases. Uh, we're battling COVID now. Um, fortunately, we have a vaccine that has been very helpful with that, but we also um, have had great strides just during my lifetime as a doctor in the 90s. The strides we made in treating HIV, it was called acquired immune deficiency syndrome, and similar to fibromyalgia, it was a syndrome. We didn't understand the initial causes. I remember reading a National Geographic article on AIDS in the 1980s and learning about the different particles and protein makeup of the HIV virus and learning about the different diseases. I was always curious back then. That was back when I was in high school. Now that basic science foundation led to great strides, especially in the late 90s and early 2000s and continue till now for medications that we can use to treat AIDS, which is acquired immune deficiency syndrome, to the point where it's pretty rare that you'll have somebody come in with with their immune system so weakened because we have medications to prevent that and help keep the CD4 cells, the cells that are infected with the virus, keep them at a high level to prevent from getting those infections. We have other really good antibiotics to help fight infections. You know, the number one killer used to be infections when we go back um, before the era of antibiotics and even before the era of good hygiene and hand washing and surgery. Um, so much as uh, progress. We understand that bacteria can cause infection, can cause damage. Um, so we have traditionally um, 
been trained in that. And in the world of rheumatology, we have uh, understood the uh, model of inflammation uh, that can cause damage to different joints and muscles in our body. That often can be confused with fibromyalgia and, as we'll talk in depth in more episodes, can be um, overlapping and you can have both um, a rheumatologic problem and also have fibromyalgia. They are not mutually exclusive. In the world of OBGYN, we have great surgeries that can be done to help prevent or treat incontinence issues. Uh, We've done great strides in giving great care for the unborn baby and for the mother getting through pregnancy in a very safe way. Um, In the world of pulmonary medicine, we have made so many great strides in understanding what asthma is and treating asthma and preventing many deaths since the and uh, recurrent hospitalizations and side effects of, of unnecessary medicines that back when I was in high school before the era of inhaled steroids, we just didn't understand. So most of our traditional training in medicine is treating those, and we do a good job. But the world of fibromyalgia, we don't do a, a very good job. And During my training, I saw patients who had fibromyalgia-like pain syndromes. Saw that there was a commonality, that people who had these syndromes often had relatives who had these syndromes, and that they waxed and waned over time. They seemed to be a component of stress, but there also were other hidden components that I didn't didn't quite understand. There were still some um, areas that I didn't understand and how to treat, how to manage, how to understand to help those who are suffering. And I can tell you, you know, time goes by fast as we're getting older, but 10, 15 years ago, I didn't have the adequate understanding uh, to give the best care. Now I've been able to really step up my game with intensive research. I just started reading more. I've uh, listened to very good talks on the topic, research articles, and so many good uh, researches in this area. There's too many to name, but applying that to the clinical world has been extremely slow to uptake, and there's many reasons for that. There's a negative stigma um, behind it. There is a problem because fibromyalgia falls between the cracks because it doesn't fit the paradigm of a structural problem that is fixable. And because in our health system, complex, mysterious problems are typically referred to specialists. Specialists are trained in the structural paradigm of fixing things. So a patient may see multiple different doctors for seemingly unrelated problems. Somebody may have had chronic pelvic pain and painful periods when they were a high school student and develop migraines and see a migraine uh, neurology specialist and develop chronic neck pain and back pain and maybe see a physical medicine rehab doctor or an orthopedic doctor. Or maybe got in a car accident and had incidental findings of bulge discs or some spurring 
that occurs in many people, regardless of any accident, but going down the road of then using the structural mindset of, hey, we can maybe do surgery, do an injection. We made the diagnosis, and then when you don't respond, then you're kind of to be blamed. You're dismissed, and that leaves you extremely frustrated. I want to share a review from a patient of mine who wrote these kind words, and I think her story is probably going to resonate with a lot of you who are struggling with fibromyalgia, and also be encouraging. And if you don't have fibromyalgia, but you have a loved one who does, hopefully you can share this with them, but also be encouraged. This podcast is meant for those with fibromyalgia, loved ones with fibromyalgia, and doctors who really want to improve their understanding and care for their patients to really up their game. So here's Praise for Conquering Your Fibromyalgia, the book. Terrific book. I absolutely love it. I've read so many articles on the topic over the years, and they often contradict each other or contain inaccurate or incomplete information. Your book exemplifies the kind of doctor you are. You listen to your patients, and you have spent countless hours reading and learning about this frustrating disorder. Spent a lot of time researching this. In-depth articles, understanding the brain and how things work, just extremely fascinating. She goes on to say, I have spent countless hours at various types of doctors, including chiropractors, OBGYNs, ENTs, allergists, physical therapists, family doctors, and internists attempting to explain my ever-changing symptoms. When I first saw Dr. Lenz a few years ago, his staff spent almost two hours with me, asking me countless questions that I did not understand. Eventually, Dr. Lenz came into the room and told me I have fibromyalgia. After almost 35 years of agonizing pain, unnecessary surgeries, and being told my symptoms were hormone-related, I felt like a dignified and respected human again. Thank you, Dr. Lenz, for this excellent and comprehensive book. You are the voice for those who have had none in the medical community for too long. I love the analogies you use in the book, too. General contractor is the perfect way to explain the need for physician training in the area of fibromyalgia. A lot of things to tease out there, and unfortunately, her story is just one of many stories of patients I've taken care of. I just had a recent patient of mine who actually had the diagnosis made 17 years ago, but that was it. You have fibromyalgia, and no real hope. This isn't how you treat it. There wasn't any follow-up, and it was sort of one of these things that she just had a cross to bear, a thorn in her side that she just was going to have to learn to live with uh, and do the best she can to cope. But that's, as studies show, when you don't have any real answers and explanations and are told just to cope with chronic pain, 
people don't improve. And taking the time to explain what's going on, there were a thorough evaluation to assess her symptoms, doing a chart review. And the good news is taking the time, spending that with her, taking the time to explain what she was enduring. She's very intelligent and was able to connect the dots and then get comprehensive treatment. She went on a whole food, plant-based diet. She gradually increased her exercise. She used medications that were tailored to other coexisting health issues that she had, and she's continuing to do very well. I love the analogies you use in the book. General contractor is the perfect way to explain the need for physician training in the area of fibromyalgia. I couldn't agree. Like I said, in the era where we have so many specialists that are supposed to be the expert, when you refer to an expert, and this is an all-too-familiar scenario, where she would have these symptoms, initial blood work would be normal, exam was basically normal, I'm not sure what's going on, not having the confidence or to accurately diagnose her fibromyalgia and fibromyalgia-related issues in the beginning, sending to a specialist to see if there is something they were missing. Unfortunately, tests can get ordered, imaging studies, labs that can lead to incidental findings that aren't causing the symptoms. You can have MRIs of people who have no symptoms at all. And you look at the age group as we get older and older. You can have bulging discs, herniated discs, arthritis, facet disease or inflammation uh, of the facets, the connecting pads in the spine, and yet they don't have pain. So somebody has pain, they're seeing this abnormality, may go through a series of injections. They may give temporary or partial relief, but no long-lasting relief, and they're still left in chronic pain. They go back to the primary care doctor. The primary care doctor doesn't know what to do. May refer to another doctor, or sort of dismissed and sort of washed the hands, I don't know, what do you expect from me? And never really getting an answer, and sort of getting the sense probably not so sort of actually getting a sense that this is just in your head and there isn't anything we can do. I think you're kind of imagining this. Now, the doctor probably didn't overtly say this, but the message is likely taken that way, and especially if there's no actually good treatment options that you can have. So getting back to what is fibromyalgia? When we talked about structural diseases, fibromyalgia it is a disorder of the brain and its perception of pain being altered. Fibromyalgia patients feel pain at lower thresholds than those who don't have aren't affected by fibromyalgia. This has been extremely enlightening studies that have come in the last 20 years with the technology of something called functional MRI imaging. If you're not familiar with that, they label glucose and sometimes other um, small 
chemical compounds in different studies like dopamine. And these are very detailed, intensely researched tests where they can look at where the blood flow in different parts of the brain is during different activities. And what they found in a classic study going back many years with fibromyalgia in the early 2000s was this test where they had patients have thumb pressure applied to them gradually. And they were told to report when they had moderate amount of pain. At the same time, they had their brain being imaged looking at blood flow. And what they found was that those who had fibromyalgia had... Stay with us. We'll be right back. I want to briefly interrupt the podcast to inform you about the Fibromyalgia Starter Pack, which is now available. If you are new to this podcast, it categorizes the episodes in a way that it's more beneficial for those new to fibromyalgia. You can access the link in the show notes to learn more. Pain at about half the threshold of pressure on their thumb compared to those unaffected by fibromyalgia. This has been repeated in other studies, and what it shows is in the same parts of the brain were activated, but just at lower thresholds. What they experienced was a lower threshold to the pain or to the pressure, to the stimulation. And many patients have other stimuli that they also have lower thresholds of pain. Uh, a similar study where they'll have people in a dark room and they'll gradually increase the light and they're supposed to report, tell me when you have moderate amount of discomfort. And those who have fibromyalgia will report discomfort at a significantly lower threshold than those who are unaffected. Not everybody has this the same, but those with fiber, but most will have some sensitivity. Um, sound sensitivity is very much the same. And the centers that are activated in pain and distress are activated as this sound is raised. This is probably very familiar for those of you who have fibromyalgia. And when you're having flare-ups or when the level of fibromyalgia symptoms are at higher levels, you're less likely to want to go out with friends to a concert. Go to a, I'm from Wisconsin, I'll say a a Packer party get-together where there's a lot of people there, there's cheering going on, there's a lot of commotion and stimuli, and maybe somebody's uh, a spouse, the couple wants to go to this party and be social, enjoy, and have fun, but the spouse doesn't want to go because that just is just too much stimulation and it just makes them feel just physically uncomfortable. So it isn't just them trying to not be antisocial, but too much stimuli, too much overload, and too much pain. To some degree, we probably all experience some level of fibromyalgia-like pain. Just ask this question, or answer this question that I'll ask you. Where do you hold your stress? The saying, 
or the the self-report many people will often say is, I carry my stress in such and such. And some people have it in their neck, in their chest, in their back. And it can be affected by even different times of the day, different times of the week. People may feel more stress while they're at work. Or the opposite, they may feel less pain while they're at work because they have a job they enjoy, they love, it's physically active, but maybe they come home to a spouse that's very hard to live with and then their stress goes up. Or maybe the pain goes away on the weekend when they can be physically active and they're not involved in a stressful work situation, but then Sunday evening after supper and they're less active, they start to feel pain as they start thinking about the week ahead. So it is real. This pain is real. And it's throughout different parts of the body. Now, we can talk more about the specifics of diagnosis in future podcasts. But one thing I'll just say is that fibromyalgia symptoms are not always the same. And they can vary. They can vary through seasons of the year. Um, In Wisconsin, for most of my patients, it's generally better between the end of March and the middle of November, and worse from the middle of November until the middle of March because of difficult weather, colder weather in winter, and much more temperate weathers in the summer. In addition to diffuse body pain, there also is general fatigue, and also there's fibro fog, which is hard time focusing, concentrating, staying on task, getting distracted easily, often a sense of feeling overwhelmed. And usually there's some sleep disturbance that's going on. These are things that we observe. There's a lot of different causes of it, but these are the symptoms of it. We do use diagnostic tools to help guide, along with a detailed clinical history and interview, looking for clues in our history to see if this is fibromyalgia or if this is a structural problem. And recognize that there also can be an overlap of both of these problems. Now, the book goes in much more detail. So for those who want to get a chance to look through the book and buy the book, I think it's a very good book. It's gotten good reviews. The goal of the book was to help give you much deeper understanding of these problems. I go into an in-depth explanation. So this is written at a high enough level that you can have an intelligent understanding of what's going on for you, the patient and the loved one, but also for a physician who wants to learn more or a patient who has this, who's listening, who identifies with this, but needs some help from a physician to help filter through this and make appropriate medication treatments to help get them through this, help guide them in lifestyle and exercise and stress management. And this book will help them as well. In addition um, to this, I want to make a clear message that there is hope. You can get better. I have seen many patients 
who've reversed their fibromyalgia into levels that are at the same as those who are unaffected by fibromyalgia. And we measure that by these fibromyalgia impact scores to look at global improvement. It's a great tool that I use. If you came and saw me as a baseline, I'd get this done and then I'd compare this to how you were afterwards. I hope you've learned several things. I want you to send me comments and questions that you have. If you can leave comments, go to the conqueringyourfibromyalgia.com website and look under blogs where I have the podcast posted there and you can leave comments. Leave comments. I'd love to hear how long have you been Di- how, how long was it before you got diagnosed? I'd love to hear that. I'd love to share that to know that you're not alone. But also, how much help have you gotten? How much explanation have you, have you gotten? Or were you left with more of, here it is, this is what you have, this is real, but there's not a lot we can do about it. Maybe there's a medicine or two. But there isn't a lot you can do. I'd love to hear what your comments are because I want to hear how to share how to serve you. And I'd love to go over any questions that you have so I can help guide future podcasts. So as we finish here, there is hope you can get better. To live with, but to conquering your fibromyalgia. Please Hit the subscribe button, leave a review wherever you are listening, and share this with others. Remember, this podcast is for educational purposes. While I am a doctor, I am not your doctor or your coach. Please take all of these into consideration and hopefully use this as a starting point in your journey to living better with fibromyalgia.